I know there are many doctors who listen to this. Can one of you write in and tell us how long a baby can survive for in the wild? Welcome to the George Rockall Schmidt Show, where the fruit is not so much low-hanging as it is rotting on the floor. This week, we're talking about critifying Disney movies. Damien. Hello. Cinderella rapes Wile E. Coyote. Okay. And we, we've got the Warner Brothers crossing. Do something about Ghostbusters with that. So you're thinking clearly kind of a big picture in terms of business then, rather than the movie itself. I'm thinking Disney isn't going to just do one gritty film. I think it's going to do Rape Universe. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to slum, they're going to they're going to drag the the entire thing through is, the fucking mud. Is gritty slumming? Is that what we're saying? Uh, I would say for Disney, uh, maybe not that slumming's the right word, but they're going off the beaten track. It's gonna, it will do their reputation quite a bit of damage in their business therein. What's the grittiest film they've done so far? Because I think it might be Toy Story three, just for that scene that is reminiscent of the Holocaust. Yes, yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't I'll, know that was gritty, but it was definitely uncomfortable. Yeah, that, I th- we think we just discussed that at length. No, um, I've got a thing up here called The Country Bears from 2002. Now, I haven't seen this, oh. um, but it looks pretty fucking macabre. And I'm okay. sure it's good hokey family fun, but it's this live action thing. And they've got, I don't know, these people in bear suits. Um, you've looked, yeah, just look <laughs> it up for fuck's sakes. Fucking hell, that does look... It looks grim, doesn't it? It looks like <laughs> looks like the first sort of attempt at mainstream entertainment after a nuclear war. Yeah. Oh. Well, God. I think we can start start from there. I mean, uh, let's speculate on their their origins then. So you're saying some kind of nuclear accident? It, I, I mean, it looks like they've got radiation sickness. I don't know if this is gritty though. <laughs> it does, well, I wouldn't say it's you know family friendly. Um, these these people do look like humans that have been experimented on uh, and do live their lives in pain. And I guess, like, the, the premise of this movie is their country music star. So maybe, you know, during the course of the movie, they're putting out all these LPs and you've got, like, these real loyal fans, right? Um, and somehow, to just for shits and giggles, play the record backwards. And every time they do, you, you hear this, um, please kill us. Call to action to hail Satan. <laughs> no, well, I think that, well, maybe, but I, I do think that we can definitely work in some kind of beg for mercy at, at some point in this movie. These things are, do look like they're in pain. Okay, so Country Bears on Google Images, if you scroll down, uh, there's a certain image, um, fairly, fairly down Google, which I am now going to send you, and we are going to record the reaction of you, therefore, <laughs> ago of. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for this? This this came up when I typed in country bears. <laughs> okay, let's see. I've uh, added it. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Should we describe what we see or are you going to throw it up on the uh on the podcast? Uh, I'll throw it up, but describe what you see. Ah, uh, dear. I see three three very burly three very burly hairy men. Um, tattooed. mm, The ginger guy looks like he's not so much burly as he has kind of like side goiters. Like these weird sort of (laughs) things coming out of his neck and shoulders. It's like like that film with with Withnail where... Do you remember that film with Withnail where he's got a bandage on his neck and this thing pops out through it and it's it's another head? Oh, God, no. I have no, I don't know. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. With Withnell. With Withnell, you know. With you know, Withnell. With with Withnell. <laughs> Richard. With Mel and myself. With Nell and you. Richard E. Grant. You know, Richard E. Grant. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Richard E. is not his name actually. It's a skin condition. The film is called How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Just look up some right. images on uh, Google for that, kids. Oh no, we, we another visual podcast. I don't think so. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's theatre of the mind. Oh, Look at I, this. I've got to find that. I've got to find that again. I remember watching that on Channel 4 as a kid and being really worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I've only seen a few fucking bits here. And it's, yeah, it looks like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, that's the point. Oh. <laughs> yes, Damien. It was not supposed to be a happy... A fun run through the park. 
So the fact we- that you expect anything else means you're a fucking moron. A fucking moron, Damien. What we've got so far is making Disney films more gritty, how to get Richard ahead in e. advertising, <laughs> made in 1989, nothing to do with Disney. <laughs> Richard E. Grant would definitely make things more gritty. Kevin Spacey would make things more gritty. <laughs> He'd uh, grit the place up. If anything, he could just have like a, a walk-on part, and even at the end of rap, even though his his two-hour two scene was weeks ago, people would still be saying, yeah, I've still, got, I've still got a bit of grit at the back of my teeth. I've still got a bit of grit <laughs> in the crevasses <laughs> of my body. So we could have a reimagining of Sleeping Beauty where, um, was it Prince Charming isn't kind of revealed right to the end. And well, the I, movie I, ends. I told you the truth behind that, um, behind that fairy tale, didn't I? That the, yeah, yeah, in, that's in, what I was yeah. um, going to bring up. So the, the, the movie ends um, with uh, Sleeping Beauty there and Prince Charming walks into the room and is revealed. You know, it's a reimagining. So he's drawn as Kevin Spacey and it simply cuts to black. And it's just there for those that have the prior knowledge of the original fairy tale, where Sleeping Beauty, uh, it's a thing we already said on the podcast, but isn't awoken with a kiss, but awoken when she's impregnated. Is that correct? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if we did establish if if she is raped while she is in a coma. If, she, if, if Sleeping Beauty is raped, will she have sleeping babies? <laughs> is that how it works? Do coma people have coma babies? Well, I'm sure that the child itself would be bo- would is born in an inherently like compromised environment. So I imagine it'd be born weaker than regular children. So the fairy tale of of Sleeping Beauty, really, if anyone doesn't know or hasn't heard us talk about this before, is sleep. Uh, the 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 prince uh, actually visits her while she's sleeping and impregnates her, and it's it's horrible. So I was thinking about. Um, Kevin Spacey or whoever gets Sleeping Beauty pregnant while she's in a coma, um, you know, and you said that the children would be compromised. I guess the inference here is that she's in a tower somewhere and no one knows she's there. That's why Prince Spacey can do these things or whatever. <laughs> so surely the children are in, in great danger because the, at one point they're just going to fall out of her and no one's, <laughs> no one's going to be there. <laughs> Uh, oh, right, so so children, right? So he's pumped her full of a litter then, is that what you're saying? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> she has eight kids at once. He's pumped her she... full of a full of a litter. <laughs> Do you think like when people when people ejaculate, it's like, oh, oh, I hear you're having twins. Does that mean that your husband came in you twice? <laughs> did he did he put two of those sperms up you? Oh, what are you talking well, about? <laughs> Well, by that logic, I mean, I, I kind of feel that, you know, Spacey wouldn't necessarily jump off immediately. He'd probably still kind of wriggle around for, you know, more than more than a couple of times. Yeah, I think that, that, that checks out. And somewhere in here, we can have someone sing, where are all the babies? Who are all the babies? That'll be <laughs> Spacey. The babies. <laughs> Spacey silence. babies. Oh my Spacey, God. a minute of silence. Every actor who's been in the film so far looks straight into the lens and then credits with no music. <laughs> and the credits are tiny. Like, it's font 10, but it's on an IMAX screen. Like, you can see there's words there. You can see maybe there's a space between those words, but you've no idea what those words are. They're just blocks of white. Yeah. No one deserved credit for this movie. The fact that it got it got to print is unfucking believable. So, do we have a f- follow up? Webs. I mean, what happens to the babies after this point? Does Spacey take them in, or does he abandon them? Or well, I don't know. I guess it depends on whether he gets there in time. I mean, how often is he is he visiting her to, well, to rape her? Because because in many ways it works out better if he's doing it daily because he'll find them and they'll probably be still alive. <laughs> if, if it's just something he does on his Sundays after heartbeat, then. You know, well, there's a good even chance. a weekly weekly visit. You know, ha, still... doc, I know there are many doctors who listen to this. Can one of you write in and tell us how long a baby can survive for in the wild? <laughs> well, not not in the wild, in sort of like a, a you know, in a medieval living room. Once the child has burst out of the mother, it has 24 hours before the father. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Go on. So what was the premise for that? We just had like. 
was it an unwilling father, and uh, <laughs> was an he was resigned to look after the child unless um, if he couldn't hunt and kill it within the first twenty-four hours. Equal opportunity Just abortion. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the. Oh my so that, God. That's the. I don't know if we should put that in. Maybe not. Uh, uh, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> talk about that, the, the abortion thing. <laughs> I think I think we've kind of we've 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 walked the line enough with the rape. Um, hey, we have, it, yeah. <laughs> I think we've walked the line enough with the rape. It's the babies. <laughs> so see, that's not good. That implies that it's the babies themselves <laughs> that are in fact make, the victims. Don't make me sing it. Don't make me sing it. <laughs> Who raped all the babies? This channel has been deleted. Welcome to the Microsoft Sam Podcast, bitches. That'll be the babies. It's the babies. Spacey. Spacey babies. A link in the description. And I think if we're quick enough, we could probably get the donate. We could buy the domain name. What? Spacey babies? Yeah, something like that. Or buy your spacey babies or spacey babies to rent or something. Personal oh. spacey babies. Uh, okay, and why would we want the domain name? Bespoke spacey babies. Yeah, spacey, spacey babies. The space babies. Oh. <laughs> We'd hand settled on whether or not Spacey takes in these uh, takes in these babies. Is he going to be a good dad? An absentee yes. dad? Yes, yes. We've walked the line enough. He's going to be a great dad. All the all the darkness ends here. Is this in a sequel or the, ra- the raping? Ev- you know, the last three years where he's visited. Sleeping Beauty every other night and raped her. That was just him misspeaking. This well, we don't know that it's necessarily rape. Now, Sleeping Beauty could have been complicit in this. Aware she could have said, of, like, when I go to sleep tonight, you can have sex with me. <laughs> There's like a, a cheap post-it written and plastered across <laughs> Can I chest. have a doctor's note? <laughs> oh, it's not even a doctor's note. It's just a Brillo pad. Let's explore other avenues of grittiness elsewhere. Okay, so we've got up, right? Uh-huh. Oh, so Devin... you wanna you wanna change Carl in up to Burgess Meredith shooting up speed. <laughs> yeah, he's well up, off the beat. Gotta get some up. He's completely off the fucking off the rails. But um Kevin isn't at, in this scenario, he's not actually um going door to door visiting and stuff like that. So when obviously the house takes off He's not there by accident. It's actually Burgess Meredith that has lured the child in and then absconded with him to South America. It's so obvious. I mean, that's prob- <laughs> probably how it would be seen. Uh, so, well, yeah, so I mean, it's exactly the same premise. It's just um, this, this story takes place in the city this, and dealing this... with the loss of the child. <laughs> we never see any of their adventures. It's just assumed that he has been raped and killed. Yeah, yeah. It's just that it's a national manhunt. No, it's he's assumed dead. Um, okay, well, I suppose on those lines, um, Wally, exactly the same film, but as soon as the spaceship lands and opens its doors, they all almost instantly die of radiation poisoning. <laughs> they mutate into country singing bears. <laughs> no, they, they just they all immediately die. The last shot is like the captain crawling into the... In, onto the flight deck to try and leave a message if anyone ever finds this or anything like that but he just dies and that's it and that's it just one bloody handprint that's it Wally is still a robot Eva is still a robot that's it yeah I mean they still have you know comical hijinks and kind of fall in love and it's all very heartwarming but it's just set to this backdrop of boy however many what the the uh, population of the Axiom um, just rotting in the background <laughs> it's like a fallout set. <laughs> it's like all the bile that has poured out of their rotting corpses, like taints in like a two mile radius of the ship. Um, again, is that more gritty? I don't know. Um, Wally, <laughs> but uh, it's exactly the same story. But uh, the ship is massive and it's divided into gangs, and they squabble over really petty things because really they have everything they need. It's just. These people have nothing to do, so they're prone to violence. They're indulging in ultra-violence out of sheer boredom. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I, like the, uh, I like the inclusion of ultra here. Well, I th- I'm kind of getting a bit of a clockwork orange vibe from this. I mean, I think it's, it's more kind of along the lines of um, 
something like Football Factory or The Firm. <laughs> the good firm, not the bad firm. The firm where a baby eats a Stanley knife. Right, 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 right. right. Oh, that was horrible. So we got loads of like shell suits uh, in this movie. <laughs> yeah, like in Wally, like you know, like it is. <laughs> that was a clear reference to the firm. <laughs> okay, an obvious one because it's almost exactly what the story is anyway. But Toy Story, where. Toys live forever, no matter how disintegrated they become. <laughs> now, okay, yeah, okay. So what? So these these toys degrade and what have you physically, I, but yeah. their consciousness always remains intact. Where is the center of right. consciousness? Right, then, so? I, that's what I'm saying. Like when I, I always thought this as a kid, and it always kind of scared me, is that these toys are going to get thrown out one day. They're going to break because you know I'm thinking about my toys. Very few survived, and the ones that did survive are, you know, in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, apart from Lolol Goggins, who goes to bed with me every night. They're all in that box biding their time, you know this, don't you? Well, they can bide all they want. They're not going to get through that military duct tape. <laughs> um, but I always wondered, you know, when Woody gets a, a scratch and you see a bit of the foam or the kind of cotton wool inside of him... How much of that needs to come out before Woody dies? And right, if, okay. if, if all of that comes out and Woody does die, will Woody be brought back to life if you put that back in? You see, can you see how, you know, 5,000 years ago, a- I'd have been a really pioneering sort of surgeon. Because I'd be like, can I, take, mm, can I take some sap from this tree and put it into this man and he'll be alive again? I don't know. Can I mean, this man has to die first. So let's start with that. Let me just hollow out this man's arm, and uh, I will take this this matter that, that is, in fact, pulp flesh from another human being, and I'll just sort of fill him up and tie him up like a balloon, and then he should be perfectly fine. It wouldn't be like that. It would be. It w- I wouldn't be like, it should be perfectly fine. It'd just be like, if I hollow out this man's arm and I stuff toilet roll cores down it until it kind of can stand up <laughs> on its own, and I reattach it to him, will he be able to use it like normal, or will it be a bit inconvenienced? be like that do you reckon then if woody is reanimated um <laughs> by stuffing him full of lint or whatever it was, right i mean i'm not saying that is the case well we'll, we'll try we'll, it's an exploration all right yeah so does he come back as he was or is it a new consciousness altogether i don't know that's a, that's a whole other question i mean another thing i was thinking of is if woody gets split down the middle is which half of him is woody or is is it woody and the other one's, I don't know, Dewey or something. So he's split in half, and so let's, let's say he's stitched back together, and he, mm-hmm. he's now got two divergent personalities, right, that are, that are at odds with each other. I'm not saying they're at odds with each other. Why would they be at odds with each other? I don't know. For it, narrative tension. Oh, I see. Okay. Or <laughs> It's two, two people, and they, they, they're in complete accord with each other. And one of them's voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> one of them is one of them is voiced by Tom Hanks as Woody, and one of them is voiced voiced by Danny DeVito in the filthiest R-rated film you've ever heard. <laughs> and the premise, for, you know, for the different person at the end there, and the voice is that you know one half of Woody was shrunk in the wash before he was stitched back together, so he's a nightmare to look at. <laughs> I mean, like Woody's head, right, is made of plastic, so that wouldn't shrink, but the rest of his body would. So I guess they would attach him at the head, and he just has these, this shrunken body and <laughs> arm and leg sticking out of his neck. So his his foot on the left would be a roundabout kind of like where the knee is on the right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I see. Or, or, or me, I was thinking much more extreme than that, but uh, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> mm. But I, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like that, I think that would really kind of inhibit um, Woody's mobility, and I don't think we're going to get much of a movie out of that. Well, what if each Lego block is its own individual person, and you've got just just you know all these Lego blocks that blocks that just live together and. They've each got their own hopes and wants and feelings. You can get a lot done with them. Well, is this like in the context of the Lego movie or just like in the real world? No, in the, like in, the, some... in the Toy Story world. In the Toy Story world, all right, okay. Yeah. Like, like, how do you decide what's a toy? Like, is a dildo a toy? Well, I imagine if, you know, the, the, the Lego did have um, 
I guess, soul is what we're saying. Um, it seems to me that the, the most successful toys are the ones with limbs and or wheels and stuff that can affect mobility or articulate something with like, well, with a face, I suppose. Um, I imagine if they, they they very they very well might have souls, but they have no way of reaching out to the outside world whatsoever. So no one ever knows. Not even the toys understand. Because they don't have mouths or anything. Yeah, it's like in Fido, the bit where the kid says, "What about all the all the people who died, and we buried, and then they became zombies?" And it's like, "Ooh, they're still buried underneath the ground, trying to get out." That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like how many toys have been thrown overboard in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and are now at the bottom of the sea? Are they still alive, being ragged about by different horrible, nightmarish sea creatures? That is that is quite horrible. I mean, like if you threw Woody into some lava and he yeah. disintegrated, would he exist as a gas? <laughs> so Toy Story 4... Gas Woody. <laughs> is he uh, is he kind of like a semi-coherent cloud, or is he just everything around you? I don't. Th- this is what I'm saying: is each each molecule a part of him, or is each molecule a copy of him, or is each mo- oh, not- does each molecule of his gas have its own personality? When does the toy start? Even is is could his waistcoat be its own toy because his horse is its own toy? As opposed to, well, yeah, we, These are questions hmm. that we need answered, Disney. Yeah, so what about the manufacturing process? When do they actually become sentient or alive? Is it when they're in like the, you know, they're in like their base material form? If if so, are they are they conceivably alive even before they're refined? Interesting. Hmm. Interesting if true, but in- not in- so not very interesting. <laughs> interesting if it wasn't just a film. <laughs> it's just a film, just get over it. I reckon, right, um, I reckon the consciousness is just in the head, right? And Woody... Um, <laughs> oh, shut up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right. Woody is no. aware of this, oh, right? No. And his body is made from, well, material, a much flimsier material, and he sees it begin okay. to age. I'm just right? going to do it for you. Woody's body is a rocket, and his head likes to bury itself into people's asses. There, you did it. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> That's what you were gonna say? No, no, no! I wasn't. I was gonna say he's got. He, he devises a fiendish plan to transplant his head onto other toys to prolong his life, and that's when he meets George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just George Stephanopoulos's body with Woody's head in the election versus George Stephanopoulos's body <laughs> with Johnny Five's head. I thought it grit. Was that's George how you do Disney grit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought George's uh, Stephanopoulos' hollowed out body was simply draped over Johnny Five. Is that not what we settled on? Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's a miracle I remember any of that. <laughs> I reckon Woody gets progressively more ambitious, right? So immediately he, he lands on Buzz Lightyear because that's quite a, I would say, a durable, um, hardy toy. And he's got the visor, so that protects his head, you know, double shot. But then he starts to wonder um, what would happen if he transplanted himself onto living matter. Right. Yeah. Well, say this happens in the uh, the course of uh, Toy Story One, where Andy's sister is still a baby, right? Because I suppose that would be the most achievable um, toy human transplant, right? I don't know. Do we do like a human centipede thing, so where the transplant is achieved quite early on in the movie and its progression of that, or is the climax um, the success of the experiment um, and the realization of Woody's dreams? So I think at the end. You know, you you know that Woody's doing something, and people are like, "Oh, I haven't seen Woody for a while. He's been up in the attic. He's been doing something weird." And then it, it turns out that Woody's been stitching all the old, ripped apart toys together. And you just see Woody, and you think it's fine, and then you realise it's Woody, but like at, at Woody's waist is where another toy starts, and then he's just a giant snake, and all all, all the different segments <laughs> oh are like God. like Ken's body. But just like his torso, not his head, not his legs. But it's still alive. It's still Ken, but that's all that's left of him. And then it's another toy, then another toy, then another toy. And so the only only one in control and the only one that can see or speak uh, is Woody. But all the others are still alive. They're just torsos. Right, okay. And they make up the snake. I would say, like, his psychic in this would be um, in a sort of misguided mercy. His his psychic would be Brad Pitt. In Dracula. 
Oh, well, I mean, it trumps what I was going to tell you. Um, I was going to say that um, all the discarded uh, heads of these toys were sewn into one amorphous ball. Well, okay, I like the ball thing. <laughs> but not the toys. Ah, uh, yeah. I like, I like balls. Um, okay. There's another great soundbite for you. That'll be my new ringtone. Um, yeah, so, so well, I, I, I'm going back to the snake thing. I think the snake thing rules, and I think most of the film is just Buzz and Bo Peep trying to get into the attic, but Woody's new best friend, played by Marty Feldman, isn't isn't having any of it. He's not letting them in or anything. <laughs> Sorry, is that it? <laughs> he just like fucking and, and then at the end shits they, on the relationship. They get in and they see what Woody has become. And that's it, you know. It's a, it's all oh, right. So, oh, so it's sort of like it's like a long distance romance at this point. So Woody's why is it long distance? Attic. What are you talking about? As well, so Bopey doesn't know that like Woody's transformed himself like this. No, no, no one knows apart from Marty Feldman's character. Uh, who? Uh, what should we call him? What should we call Marty Feldman's character? I think, in the spirit of the podcast, we would simply refer to him as Marty Feldman. <laughs> 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 it's very good. Uh huh. No, 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 you were explaining to me. So um, Marty Feldman is guarding. No, Woody, you, right? you started to ask about long distance relationship. Uh, there was some kind of crux between uh, Woody and Bo Peep, and. Uh, like Marty Fell was not having any of it. So well, she, no, Woody, she Woody, and, is, Woody and Bo Peep are trying to get into the attic because they're, they're worried about their friend, Woody. Sorry, Woody. Buzz and Bo Peep are trying to get into the attic. Right, okay. okay. Right? That makes a little bit more sense. Okay. Buzz and... Uh, sorry, did I say Woody? Buzz and Bo Peep are trying to get into the attic <laughs> because they're worried about... <laughs> this movie is very <laughs> changeable. <laughs> It wouldn't work with Buzz. It wouldn't work with Buzz. Woody is way creepier than Buzz. Yeah, he does. Buzz is a cute little fat spaceman. Woody's Woody Woody's got those long arms. There's long arms to sneak under your duvet with and oh. Do you reckon much like the torso thing, he attaches his arms onto the arms of others? So like at the top of this he has really, really long arms. I always imagined him with no arms. So he is oh. just a snake, yeah. <laughs> So what what does Woody achieve with this new body? I mean, how is it everything? Does he just hunger for like more toys? Is that it? So he consumes everything in the house. Does he every, the- every toy he eats ends up as the new segment at the back? It's it's fucking <laughs> Snake the movie. Get Spielberg. Oh fucking hell, that's dynamite! Snake the movie, come on. I'm, I'm so, gonna, I, I know that this is a joke that I'm going to sue someone for in 2024 when someone makes this movie, and I'll be like, what? Uh, I've, I wouldn't be surprised. It's got to be on the way. I was, I was fucking shocked. Um, I was walk, walking to work the other day, and it, it, it flew past me on the bus, right? Not but the I meme movie. They were, no, it was um, fucking Rampage. Rampage? Yeah, um, I couldn't believe that there was... Yeah, there, there could have been any possible fucking interest in that. I mean, I, I thought that was just this kind of... It was always like the arcade machine that like no one was really that fucking interested in. Now they've, like, 20 years later, they think, yeah, it'll make a good movie. That's weird. It is really fucking weird. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he has fucking managed to carve a career, hasn't he? Yeah, I know. How has he done that? I, I think he's been very determined. He's, he keeps he keeps working. I don't know how he's kind of got to that level, but oof. oh yeah, you never would have pegged it back in the nineties. There you go. The fucking rock, the people's elbow. So where do we get on Woody with the human transplanting stuff? So maybe like that goes that's successful. He starts with a child again. He's a very ambitious person. Does he? Does he um, go for bigger people, if that's the case? Does he see these giant monkeys and think he could try this on? Let's talk about something else. I was thinking about the Muppets and how okay. how ungritty the latest Muppets was. The, you know, the Muppets movie, which I went to see with three other adults. Adults? Adult, adultery? Adultery. Three other people of a comparable age. And it, it was the most childish thing. And I, I for some reason, remembered um, Muppets Christmas Carol being really funny and witty. And I'm not sure if that's true or not now, because of the Muppets I, I saw. 
Um, but, but I don't I w- care to go back and find out. I don't certainly don't care to go back and find out unless I'm doing some sort of Michael Caine detective work. But what I was going to say was, if they're looking for things to do, because they did, you know, the Christmas Carol and all of that, I was thinking, they, why don't they do Muppets True Grit? <laughs> Where all of the all of the characters are characters in True Grit, and they just make it. They get the Coens on, and it's basically a shot for shot remake, but it's True Grit. And the little girl in True Grit is you're going to love this, played by Michael Caine. Do you see the fucking tie-in? <laughs> it was fucking seamless. If he didn't tell me to, you know, look, I would never have spotted it. Right. Okay. Um, so who? Who's playing? Who's um, subbing out Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges then? Well, obviously that's Kermit. Okay. Right. And then um, the bad guys can be played by I don't know if, if we want to go. No, I was going to say if we want to go scientific, we could go Bunsen and Beaker. Um, the bad guys can be played by Waldorf and Statler. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember when we did that test? That online test when they, they were uh, such a craze. Online quiz or whatever. Oh, yes. Decide, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like decide which Muppet you which Muppet? you are. You are and, a Muppet. And, uh, yeah, naturally you, you, you flew through the test and you were the coolest Muppets, of course, as far as we're concerned, Warlof and Stettler. Yes. So you were both Muppets simultaneously. They I were thought, the coolest right, I'll Muppets. Go, I'll have a go at this. You know, <laughs> bish, bash, bosh. Fucking... Burn it down, and then I turn out. It turns out that I'm in fact Miss Piggy. So shocked, shocked and appalled by the news of this, I had to redo the test and completely fudge my answers. And again, somehow it knew I was still Miss Piggy. I wonder why. <laughs> it knows. I wonder how it does calculate you. It's one of those things where someone's like Kermit is like this. Yeah. So if they answer this, they'll be Kermit. It is some stuff like that, right? I imagine it, right, it, it's all kind of decided in like the first question and that's it. Everything else is a charade after that point. I, I love when you read in magazines questions and it, stu- it just says things like, mostly A's, mostly A's. And then the answer is, you are a absolute extrovert or whatever. And, it, you know, it, it has no idea what you answered or anything or, or how much you agreed with a statement presented or anything. It's just kind of... Oh, whatever. No one takes this shit seriously. We'll just write, you know, you are, oh, uh, you know, you answered with mostly Bs. That means you're fantastic in bed. Mostly Cs, you're going to die tomorrow. Whatever. Who cares? (laughs) We have been notified that you've taken this test and uh, landed on this answer. Our people will be meeting you in the morning. And yet horoscopes still prevail. It's it's just bizarre. Well, you know, if we're going to do that, we could do Muppets Reservoir Dogs. I, mean, I don't know why we didn't do this in Muppetizing movies, but Muppets Reservoir Dogs, you can definitely choose who's who in that. Kermit is Harvey Keitel. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, Mr. I think what, Mr. Blonde. Fuzzy Bear? Mr. Blonde. Yes, exactly. Mr. Bond is Fuzzy Bear. Fuzzy Blair. Fuzzy Blair. Fuzzy Blair. I was going to say Mr. Orange, actually. Mr. Orange is this Tim is Roth. Tim Roth, yeah. You're going to say Fuzzy Bear for Mr. Orange? Yeah. But no. Steve Buscemi will be Gonzo, no? No, listen, Ratso, oh, Ratso is is fucking Mr. Orange. Oh, right, okay. Because Ratso yeah, can do that. You got... I'm fucking dying here. I'm fucking dying. You're going to be okay. That's Kermit. I'm fucking that's dying. That's Ratso. That's, that's a pretty good impression. I think that, that you can put that I'm on I'm fucking the... dying. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Say the fucking words. Okay, so Ratso's dying, right? And we're going, um, can we just can we just establish that it isn't Ratso the Muppet, it's Ratso Rizzo from Midnight Cowboy. Who <laughs> <laughs> also sounds exactly the same. We've got Kermit and we've got uh we've got Mr. Orange. Who who were you gonna say for was it Fozzie Bear for Fuzzy Bear Mr. for Blonde? Mr. Mr. Blonde, oh there's something weird with Fuzzy Bear. I don't like him. Don't like him at all. And you reckon he's 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 shithouse nuts then? <laughs> I do reckon he's shithouse nuts, yeah. Okay. Who's Mr. Pink? Would it be Cosmo? I mean Gonzo, yeah. Sorry, Cosmo's from Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, a life waste. Yeah, okay. I reckon the the, uh, the police officer that they, they kidnap um, and torture, that has to be Beaker, no? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It has to be Beaker. Okay, and, and on, this, on the subject of Beaker then, the... 
the fat guy who's the boss of everything, not the son, but the boss, that's right. that's Bunsen. Right, okay. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that as well, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The the son, who's the son? Hang on, I'm trying to think. I think the son um, could be Mrs. Piggy. <laughs> So we've got... Uh, Quentin got Tarantino's character, Mr. Brown, that should be Animal. Okay, yeah, So, yeah, so yeah. we can start it with, me can't see, me can't see, because there's blood <laughs> in his eyes. <laughs> there was, wasn't there like an older dude in the... Uh, who is oh, this the, mystery? Oh, the, o- the older dude. He isn't old. The guy right on the right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mr. Blue, Eddie, Eddie Bunker. So who's going to play him? Well, I know who could play him. It's fucking obvious. The bald-headed eagle. Oh, no, it's a Muppets movie, right? So at least one of them has to the be bald, human. The bald-headed eagle. Oh, okay. One of them has to be human. Okay. So him, the guy who doesn't who doesn't matter. <laughs> the guy who we completely forgotten. <laughs> Played by Eddie Bunker. That's it. That, that's everyone in the cast, isn't it? I believe so. I mean, I guess there's... Um, do we see anyone else in the course of the movie? They've got... Um, it's the other police officer that um, Tim Roth kind of um, rehearse, rehearses his role. Right. In, okay. Yeah. For them, I think both. Yeah. There's there's two policemen in a in a bathroom stall, aren't there? Talking to each other. Oh yes. Yeah, see, there's those yeah. two guys as I well. I think both of them should be played by Swedish chef. <laughs> both of them. They should look the same. They've really cheaply superimposed the same puppet talking to each other. It's it's very bad. You can see bits of the the frame left in and stuff, and it's terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like the acting uh, was done without any kind of awareness of what they're actually trying to achieve. So they talk over each other quite a lot as well. Yeah, it's almost in- whatever they they have to say is almost indecipherable. Uh, so sorry, I, I just had to type in uh, the woman's name because I I couldn't remember who she was. I typed in female comedian, and she's the first woman who came up. Can you guess who that I- is? Um. Well, the third one is Joan Rivers. That's weird. Yeah, come no, on. I don't know who you're talking about. Amy Schumer. Um, Amy Schumer should be the policeman. We, we we need a human in there. Don't worry about Beaker. Get Amy Schumer to be the policeman getting his ear cut off. <laughs> Is this like to do with? Do you have some kind of agenda here? Are you are you fond of Amy Schumer by any chance, or I just think or rather it, not? Just thought it was funny if it was her. Sorry, <laughs> it'd be funny if so, I just think it would be funny if we cut bits of her face off. It'd be funny if it was Whoopi Goldberg. I like Whoopi Goldberg, but it'd be funny. <laughs> it'd be funny if it was Whoopi Goldberg. Like it, it'd be funny if Whoopi Goldberg was Harry Potter. <laughs> it'd be funny if Whoopi Goldberg was Sarah Connor. It'd be funny if uh, Whoopi Goldberg was Baby in Baby's Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if Whoopi Goldberg was Grumpy Cat, the Grumpy Cat movie. Yes, it would be. Um, and in the background, you could see Beaker eating Grumpy Cat. Eating it alive. <laughs> alive. Like a <laughs> <laughs> and then what we don't see, which is just out of shot, but we kind of hear it, is Grumpy Cat kind of growing out the back of Beaker. So Grumpy Cat's fine. It's just, uh, it's just, its disposition has changed. No, 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 no. It's just it's that Beaker has taken on its torso. Oh, I see. Okay, this is how Beaker becomes a snake. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Beaker would be an ideal sort of snake. Like one of those horrible things that lives in the sand. Have you seen them? And they pop up when you put salt on the sand. They, oh, I... they look like these sentient sticks of celery. <laughs> I'm not familiar. They're kind of like a flatworm or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they, they I guess they, they dig in vertically or whatever. Oh, gross. Yeah. They sound horrible. Oh, dude, aren't worms gross? <laughs> They're really gross. They're really gross. Do you know what's gross? Welcome to the Do You Know What's Gross podcast. Do you know what's <laughs> gross? Shit on a shovel. <laughs> Do you know what's gross, Damien? Vomit sandwich. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, if you want to call in to talk into Dr. Pukey, call 0800 sick on my bolognese. <laughs> you know when you go for a dump and you throw up on your cock? <laughs> Ew, that's gross. You know when your girlfriend goes down on you, but she's been eating too much dairy lee and she vomits all over your testicles? Ew, that's gross. <laughs> it's descended into shit. I think it's pretty generous that you'd say it's descended into that because we were at a higher level before now. Oh, dear. I'm just looking at all these horrible pictures of worms. 
I just typed in most disgusting worm and immediately I see people it's just them being pulled out of people's eyes. Oh no. Oh no, really? Okay, I'm not going yeah. to oh, Gritty. Okay, so we need some of that. We need we need some like worms coming out of Woody's eyes. Worms coming right. out of a Woody. <laughs> oh dear, and it's massively inflamed. Because oh, the, the sepsis. <laughs> I know the Woody. <laughs> It's Woody, but he's three feet tall because he's just so inflamed. <laughs> An occurrence has uh, happened in my brain uh, where I was thinking, well, what if uh, Mary Poppins is uh, just a con artist who's filled the Banks' residence with hallucinogenic gas and they think they're all dancing on the ceiling and stuff and she's just doing all sorts of weird nonsense with them. Yeah, we find out towards the latter half. Let the she's giving them. She's giving them cups of gravy. She's telling them it's coffee. They don't know the difference because they're high off their faces. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's just loaded, absolutely loaded with angel dust, and it's, she considers herself. She gets off the hook because this is essentially a robbery. What we don't yeah, we find out later huge, on it's, is that it's a robbery, but it's also very perverse. It it takes months. It doesn't need to, but it does. <laughs> she really, really wants to kind of, really kind of clamp Indulge. down on these people. Yeah. She's, she gets out by the skin people. of the teeth. That considers herself very lucky that they don't start peeling their own skin off. Oh, it, oh, it gets bad, does it? She she starts to have to hide from them. They start to, you know, really get out there. I mean, she drugs them like beyond, you know. But they start, they start to become violent. Yeah, without yeah, they become almost rabid. Yeah, Mary Poppins is a, is a weird one because she's she's helping out this incredibly rich family. I mean, what what if it's Mary Poppins, but Michael gets lost in the streets of London and he ends up just having to be an urchin and life's really hard. He's abused all the time. He's got no money. He's got no parents. He basically ends up in a workhouse. It is fucking horrendous. When you say Michael, you mean Michael Caine? Yes, I mean Michael <laughs> Caine. Michael Caine, that, Michael that, Caine who's ludicrous. just driven in from the love bug. It's a different a different film. And Who's Michael Caine as he is now with you know international notoriety? I don't, I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna send him off to the workhouse. He's too well known. He's, People will look after he's him. He's got a Miami tan, you know. He's a bit above that. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be in liver and onions for the rest of his life. Yep. No, Michael the boy. What if he just gets lost and you know he does end up as a chimney sweep assistant and and you know. It, it, you know, he lives day to day because there's always a chance he'll die falling down a chimney. Uh, there's all sorts of, of, of kind of horrible things that he has to go through. He's beaten by the people looking after him. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any parents or anything. So he essentially is, a, a you know, a slave to these people who are looking after him. Yeah, but we don't see any of that. We only kind of kind of discover it retrospectively when the rest of the... Uh <clears throat> When family you, moved to a different you, re- residence and his partially decomposed remains kind of fall out the chimney that he was walled into. When you find, like, the last scene of Mary Poppins is set ten years after the rest of them and then the girl is like, oh, I remember my brother. Oh, a skeleton. No, the last, the last scene of Mary Poppins should be Mary Poppins arched on her back consuming the remains of the boy. Arched on her back? Like a spider, you know. Arched on her back? So she's upside down? She's upside down, kind of doing a sort of crab walk. When you say crab walk, you mean she's walking with her hands and legs, but she's upside down? Yes, yeah, so, so she's... Yeah, so her head will kind Why of be she, upside down. But because I, she's... Because yeah, she's a horrible on. monster, that's why. Okay, but what would be the advantage? I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm not saying, you know, no. I'm, just, I'm saying that we could just work in a sort of possession, uh, you know... Oh, not possession. Yeah, sort of possession angle. Well, what would she be wearing on her feet? Well, I imagine she she, she wouldn't have taken her shoes off. No, man. she'd need, she'd need a heel is what I'm saying. Yeah, what she would need, she, she'd, she'd, be, she'd have to wear shoes on her hands. That's the only thing, you know, the, the only kind of thing that's weird here. I, yeah, but the, shoe, the shoes on her hands, which way would they be facing, forwards or backwards? Well, naturally forwards. I, I can't see much advantage to them being backwards. That's ridiculous, man. Well, her hands will be backwards. Damn. Well, you fucking done me. <laughs> Sorry, well, you, but you could still face them <laughs> forwards. I just think it would be a bit uncomfortable. We, well, what we, what we need is a special sort of shoe glove for this. Right, okay. we can work it into the story somehow. That's why they go to fucking Penguin Island. Or right, how about she has like a special shoe which is both front and back facing? That's this what the I'm front, saying. The Penguin the Island front shoe. front is a facade. So, um, so when you know when the, she the makes it, anyway, she leaves like, like a VW Beetle. 
<laughs> front has the engine in the back. Sorry, like a VW Beetle. I was going to say she, it's designed that she leaves misleading tracks where they try to find her after, you know, she's been exposed as this so know, when, satanic monster. When, when the people tracking her come and look at this thing and its handprints, and they're like, "Oh, she went this way." And by the way, she's a fucking monster. <laughs> She's walking on her hands and feet. It doesn't really matter which way she's going. She's a fucking monster. Fan out. <laughs> I think you just pin- pitched some dialogue there, my friend. <laughs> just set your machine guns to mega kill. <laughs> I do like the idea, though, of, of like digitally reanimating Alien with Mary Poppins walking on her hands <laughs> Every time Mary Poppins is seen, you can see like the second set of teeth. She never like she never shoots them out of her mouth, but you can see them, and it's really disgusting. I like the idea that someone could be talking. There could be some some dialogue, and then you could see something in the background move ever slightly. You're not sure what it is, but you know it's a hint at something going to happen. And then these people leave the room. The camera goes from the focus they were in to the focus of the background, and you see a coffee table, and you realize it's not a coffee table. It's Mary Poppins with a piece of glass on her tummy. Oh. <laughs> now is this because she's it's so she's been stuffed and kind of no because she, she's she's hiding amongst the furniture she's like a clo- oh just crudely she's like a clockwork orange uh, coffee table you know oh uh, right okay so yeah so it's a, a crude disguise for a little bit of comic relief but uh, i mean i mean she can gets, never stand she up right? she can never stand up this is how she has to go everywhere she can walk on walls and things but she can't actually stand oh uh, yes <laughs> and then All so right, the, the, the film is dick van dyke chasing after her trying to kill her and with and the banks are there on pcp and they don't know what's going on right okay well no i think dick van dyke's well out of the picture so we're still going with the alien uh, angle now. So Dick Van Dyke so is like said, the first person killed. Oh yeah, I think so. It's like we, we never see how or why. It's just implied. Um, as soon as she sets down like um, her bag, because she hasn't exposed herself, so she's still upright at this point. Um, but we do see the bag unclip itself, and we see like the legs of a face hugger just start to emerge. So she is the queen, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's it. That that's how to gratify Disney. That we've done it. Okay. 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 Mission accomplished. Hooray. Yeah, we we're, we're doing this voice because obviously Michael Caine is Van Helsing who eventually does get the stake through her her heart. The the trouble is he has to get her stake through her heart mouth to ass. Oh my god. It has to go in that way, right? Oh, no, I, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I understand. Um, oh, you thought so I said ass to mouth. Yeah, I thought he, ha- he has to kind of go in through the ass and sort of climb up. Because so I imagine at this point no. she is this no, massively I mean, mutated grotesque. He has to get like a jousting pole through her to stake her. He can't just put it through her, her rib cage. Right, okay. He has to get it through her vertically, one way or the other. I think it could probably be either way. Uh, and the theory is that um, obviously staking her through the heart is what kills her, but you know she doesn't die instantly. She's going to like writhe around a lot. So if you go mouth to ass like Jabba Dan, you can pin her to the ground. So it restricts her movement as she slowly dies. Well, you could pin her to the ground either way, couldn't you? Oh, well, I imagine working down and p- staking her to the ground is probably the most practical way to do it. Yeah, but no, no, no. The way she is, you're not going to pin her to the ground. You're going to pin her to the wall. All right, okay. Right, because she's. She's horizontal, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Or it has to be estimate so you can get a nice run-up to it. Well, you could, you could get a nice run-up to it if you're going at her head, but you're saying she could be more dangerous if you were facing her head on. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and is that how it ends? Or does it end with some sort of duel where it ends with her falling off something and getting impaled mouth to ass? Well, no, it ends. No, she, she, she dies, right? That, oh, that's, no, it that's ends. Given. It ends. Yeah, yeah, no. But it ends with... Um, like they kind of clear out they think they clear out the nest or this or all this that and the other 
and they kind of go home like pat themselves on the back um and the camera just kind of like flies down the corridor a little bit and you see dick van dyke walled in right and he's just barely clinging to life then you see his like chest start to thud and it bursts open and when the you know the ribs separate you can see the face of mary poppins inside his chest and then it just cuts to black immediately you're not even sure you saw it <laughs> like it could have just been smoke or something coming out of his chest could yeah. be but it be, you have you have that inkling you, you 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 saw it but you just didn't get to process it a single frame sort of thing yes yeah 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 I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I rather love it too. I always want to say John Merrick, who's the elephant man. John McCrurick, who used to dress up as a basset hound. <laughs> anyway, I think John McCrurick should be the guy who lives on the ceiling, who invites the children to d- take drugs with him or whatever that's about. Right, okay. I thought that they were drugs um, without they, prior they, knowledge or they, consent. They are, but he, maybe he's a hallucination, but the hallucination is played by John McCrurick. Right, okay. That's how you... Gritty. Gritty. He's a gritty person. I think that the penguins in the cartoon world, I think they should be the Reservoir Dogs as like a respectful nod in, you know, to Quinton's work. <laughs> so will you just see them kind of... What, affecting the same image? Or no, I, 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 th- I think they go into this cartoon world. You know, we'll make up a reason why later. And they, they're talking, and uh, over on the next table, there's this group of people who are bizarrely in the same suit. They must be Mormons, arguing about whether you should pay a tip or not. Right, okay. So, yeah, that, I mean, that works well. Because we now what we've ended up with is a nice cin- cinematic universe here. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. That makes, the rape makes universe. makes perfectly sense. Just like we oh, said dear. at the beginning. It, it, right, it yeah, so all we got to do, all we got to do, is get a spacey baby in there, and I think, uh, I think we're done. Who ate all the babies? Spacey is a baby. It's a spacey. Mary Poppins ate all the spacey babies. Who ate all the poppins? Poppins in your moppins. Spacey and the poppins. It's a poppins. Okay. Um, I, we apologise for any kind of distress or we, we apologise for time for any podcast. <laughs> it was okay, wasn't it? I imagine they're like maybe like one or two people like who may have started listening at the last two episodes have been like, oh, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so next time we're going to be talking about real life flubber. What would people do with flubber if flubber was real? What would they do, Damien? <laughs> fuck it relentlessly. Yes, they would. <laughs> they would fuck it relentlessly. Fuck, fuck each other. They would hurt each other with it a lot. Yeah, there'd be a lot they, of flubber-related injuries. I think. Yeah, I'm sh- without a shadow of a doubt, there'd be a lot of trips to the ER. If someone puts even the tiniest bit of flubber up someone's asshole, it shoots straight through their organs. You know, I've never actually seen flubber. I'm sure this will be the case next week. <laughs> <laughs> see you then. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Who made all the babies? That'll be the babies. It's the babies. That's the only thing, you know, the, the only kind of thing that's weird here.